every life's journey has many paths you can take, and you don't always know what's coming around the corner. For Dr. Haywood Robinson, fresh out of medical school, an incredible amount of education debt began his practice an abortion facility. But when God places before him the reality of his choices, his world, and his journey took an abrupt shift. Well, joining me today to share more of his story and about his work with 40 Days for Life, it is Dr. Haywood Robinson. Good morning, Haywood. Thank you so much for joining me today. (laughs) Thank you for having me here, Brenda. It's a blessing to be on the show. I must say, what an incredible turnaround from life, really from polar opposites, from being a doctor who performs abortion to now being a doctor who supports life. I guess that's proof for all of us that every Mm -hmm. heart can be changed. So for Mm -hmm. our listeners, take us back to that time you graduated from medical school. You were preparing to tackle an incredible amount of medical debt how did that lead you to to becoming an abortion doctor? Well, just to give a little background, I, since the age of four or five, wanted to be a physician. I don't know why, because in my family, I was raised in South Central Los Angeles. We didn't really have professionals or educated people in the family. So I believe that the Lord called me to be a, a doctor. And he was faithful to work that out. And I tell young people, If the Lord gives you a vision, he will give you the provision. We didn't have a lot of resources, but along the way, each step along the way, the Lord provided scholarship, grant, loans, or whatever it would take for me to be able to get through my educational process. And if we do our best, God will indeed do the rest. So he took me through undergraduate, he took me through medical school. Now, there's a stage there. I just want to uh, add, Brenda, there's a residency training period after medical school in uh, a, any doctor's specialty in, for family medicine, which I did, was three years. My late wife, Noreen, her residency in OBGYN is four years. And very depending on the residency, there's a different length and, of course, a different focus of study. Now, retrospectively, I, as I look back on this, yes, uh, there is a debt that's associated with education these days. Education is uh, expensive, unfortunately, getting a lot more expensive. But we really can't use that as an excuse to say, well, I'm just going to do anything to make money so I can repay this enormous debt. Really, my my change came when I became a, a believer and the Lord saved me uh, March the 2nd, 1986. And all of us as as believers, what, what we find is that when God sends us through a conversion process, he doesn't just kind of file you down and shine you up. He changes you from the inside out, from darkness to light. 180 degrees, he forgives you, and he doesn't ever bring up those sins again. And what he did with my wife and I, after we had been, I believe, involved in the, which is indeed the largest Holocaust in human history, we contributed to that. He took us and says, okay, 
Well, I know that abortion is not your only sin, but what I'm going to do with you two is we're going to get you saved. We're going to get you cleaned up. We're going to get you prepared. And we're going to put you in the pro-life movement and you're going to be pro-life warriors. So for the past uh, more than 30 years, my wife and I, uh, who passed away two years ago, were involved in the pro-life movement and have seen wonderful things happening happen. We have traveled all around the world, seen what the pro-life movement is doing. It's growing. I'm encouraged. We're getting more and more uh, empowered right now. Presently, I am the, the director of medical affairs and education for 40 Days for Life, which I've seen just explode on almost a nuclear level, starting in Bryan College Station, Texas, one Prayer campaign started there is now up to 700 and we have two 40 day campaigns every year. We're up to about 700 prayer campaigns all around Mexico, South America, Europe, wherever you can put a, a pin on the globe. God has grown that simple ministry of praying in front of abortion facilities so that babies are saved. People that work in those facilities, their hearts are changed and they leave and facilities closed. And that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of where uh, I am now and where I came from about 30-something years ago, Brenda. If you are just tuning in, joining me today on the show is Dr. Haywood Robinson. Dr. Robinson is part of 40 Days for Life, joining me today to talk about an incredible conversion story, his own conversion story. Haywood, while you were talking there a moment ago, you said... March 2nd. That is a very specific date that you (laughs) you point out as the conversion of your life. What was it on that day that totally turned your life around? Well, uh, I'm going to say it was somewhat of a Damascus Road experience. I'm not going to make it seem as though it was was as dramatic as Saul's was. However, I think all of us should have a time that we can look back and say, yes, something supernatural happened here. This happened on a day that I went to a Christian music concert at a church uh, where Leon Patillo, the contemporary Christian music center singer, who was very popular during the 1980s and 1990s, gave a concert. However, during the intermission of that concert, he said, if, uh, I'm going to stop here and I'm going to uh, uh, ask that those, he said, I'm not going to ask about, tell you about the four spiritual laws. I'm not going to give you a, a long gospel presentation and Bible verses. I'm just going to ask you one thing, and that is for those people in the audience that want things to be 100% right with God to stand up. And I... <laughs> I, under normal circumstances, without would not stand up because I'm the cool kind of guy who's going to be standing around kind of watching. But immediately when he said up, I was standing up and I knew I know now that that was the Holy Spirit that pulled me up. And he prayed a prayer, which I would probably recognize now as a sinner's prayer. However, because I was not raised in a church that basically taught the the basic principles of Christianity, salvation, 
in Jesus Christ, etc., and what that was all about. But I did know that something supernatural had happened over the period of the uh, ensuing two to three weeks. However, uh, we were uh, getting ready to have our 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 last child, our our youngest child, and the godfather of that child was the son of a Pentecostal preacher, and he was coming to visit uh, my wife and I, and I was sharing with him about how I just know there's something different in my life now, there's a spiritual change, et cetera, et cetera. He started to cry, and he said, you know, my wife and I had been praying that you and Noreen would come to a, uh, would come to the Lord and your life would turn around, et cetera, et cetera. And he explained the gospel to me. So basically, the Lord was already doing the work. I just did not understand it. When I share that testimony I, I, I with other believers and say, you know, you don't have to worry about covering every jot and tittle about the gospel or whatever. Just share your personal experience. Give the person hope. Tell them that, you know, all of us are sinners and we fall short of God's glory. And then know that God is going to put other people in the path of that individual so that that work, that change, that uh, salvation and sanctification process are going to indeed uh, work work their way out. And it's a supernatural thing. And I'm just blessed now to know that not only do I get a chance to go to heaven now, but well, the rain remaining time that I have here on earth, we can be making a difference. We can be saving babies. We can be uh, doing medical missionary work. That's another thing that my wife and I were involved in a lot of medical missionary where God puts his people here uh, to make a difference and do good things and, and make a difference in humanity. Joining me today, Dr. Haywood Robinson. We are preparing to embark on another 40 Days for Life fall campaign. They will be standing vigil in the Portland area, Salem area, and across the river in Vancouver. Heywood, I've loved our conversation so far. There is more that I want to talk to you about, especially about these fall campaigns and what the value is of every prayer for the saving of the lives. But I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in our next half hour? I will, Brenda. Thank you. And I am back talking with Dr. Haywood Robinson. His life journey has taken him from an abortion doctor to the strongest proponent of pro-life ministries through 40 Days for Life. He lays out his life story in his book, The Scalpel and the Soul, and he continues with me today. Haywood, thank you so much for staying with me today. It's a blessing to be here and uh, share my testimony, and hopefully people are not looking at uh, Dr. Robinson or Haywood Robinson or whatever, but I'm hoping that they can see the hope is truly in Jesus, because he is our hope, he is the light, he is the truth, and if we get in behind him, be it in the pro-life movement uh, or whatever the Lord leads you to, it's going to be a triumphant and joyful ride. Speaking of triumph and joy, I think many of us, while we prayed for that moment, had many doubts about whether Roe versus Wade would ever be overturned. 
And it did. But that doesn't mean the work for pro-life movement ended there. It just meant the battle was going to be all the more focused. Tell our listeners a little bit about your involvement with 40 Days for Life and how it felt for you and all of those there at 40 Days for Life offices. How did you feel when you heard that Supreme Court decision that changed the course of action? Well, I believed that Roe versus Wade would be overturned from my understanding and listening to legal opinions on both sides that that decision in 1973 was uh, abracadabra out of the hat with a rabbit. They made up that decision. Uh, First off, abortion is not in the Constitution. This was a very liberal court that wanted to legalize abortion and hiding, they said, in the uh, privacy clause of the Constitution was this, this, and this. But it, it it really wasn't. So what we witnessed in 1973 was nine men that put on black robes and called themselves supreme, decided that a class of human beings would no longer have their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, we've seen this before in, in our, our country's history with the Dred Scott Act, where black people were labeled non, basically non-human. We saw in Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but equal. We know that the Supreme Court is made of human beings and they make errors too, and they are influenced by uh, politics. I was very much relieved for the 50 year, um, after 50 years of, I would say a death sentence legally for preborn children in our country. I believe it did a lot to uh, help the reputation of the Supreme Court that made one of those horrible decisions, but they at least corrected it. The I had mixed feelings on that day when it was overturned because I knew that now it goes back to the states so that, unfortunately, we're still having a large number of babies being killed now. So we have to accept the fact, yes, uh, it's no longer a federal mandate to, uh, or a, a death sentence on a federal level for, for babies to be killed, but we're still losing lots and lots of babies every day. And we've got to keep fighting until every baby's life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness is recognized. Dr. Haywood Robinson joining us today. He is with 40 Days for Life and sharing his story about his life as a medical doctor and, more importantly, his life-saving mission that every child just be born and have their hearts of their mothers be changed so that way new life can always begin. With 40 Days for Life, it's an organization with these uh, fall and spring campaigns, Standing and prayer. And we were just actually having this discussion where sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm going to pray for you, doesn't seem like it's enough. But when you stand vigil and pray with 40 days for life, it is enough. And in fact, it's everything. Tell our listeners a little bit about your work with 40 Days for Life and why these campaigns matter so much, especially in states like Washington, in Oregon, here on the West Coast, where I'd say we're ground zero now with, since the laws have changed, it's almost tourism 
to come into these mm-hmm. states to have late-term abortions? Right. Well, I think I've tried to simplify what prayer is, and of course, there's a lot written about it, and lots of people talk about it. If I were to give a word picture, is prayer is kind of like the believer throwing up the sail in a sailboat. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being like the wind, that where it's going to blow, you don't know. But have you ever noticed, when you throw a sail up, the sail is going to catch the wind, and it's going to go into the, take that boat in the direction that that wind is blowing. When we pray, we're catching the wind of the Holy Spirit, which is God's voice, God's wind, and we are on course what he wants to do. The Bible's clear. It says, when you pray, pray like this. The Bible, you know, Jesus always, he said he went alone and he prayed. Prayer puts you on God's course, on God's territory. So no, so when we stand there praying, God's will is being manifested in that abortion facility. We are standing in God's will and identifying with his will and his truth about those babies. So when we're standing there, well, what happens? Well, a woman who may be on the fence drives by, seeing these people quietly pray. That may be enough to have her keep on driving by. Or they may get there and get in the parking lot, and they may get some information that has a, a ref, uh, information about a pregnancy resource center where they can go and get some some real truth and, and ministry. So it, it, it sounds simple, but God is the Alpha and the Omega. When we stand, when we pray and say, here I am, Lord, use me. The things that have happened, we've had more than uh, 10 or 11,000 babies saved in our in our prayer campaigns. We've had more than, you know, 200 uh, 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 workers leave facilities. We had have had 100 and something facilities closed. That's because, not because of us standing there, but because we're standing in agreement with God's will that this evil be done. Now, we had to remember now, the harming of innocence did not start in 1973. Mm-hmm. Abortion has been going on for, 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 for thousands of years. That's why it was addressed in the Hippocratic Oath written in 1200 BC. If you read the Bible, you know, harming the innocence has been going on for millennia. Okay, so let's just accept that the devil has influenced humankind to harm the most innocent, vulnerable human beings. That's been uh, a habit of his over a long, long period of time. So this Holocaust of Roe versus Wade or whatever is just another manifestation, another label on an, an ongoing behavior of the devil. The 40 Days for Life fall campaign is getting ready to pick up, and we just have so much hope. And Haywood, as you said, lives saved. And over the course of 40 Days for Life's existence, the thousands of lives saved in the course of human history that has changed because of those lives, it, it, it's just incredible. And so I just want to thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for being so open with your story, because we know so many people think there's no way God could change me and the things that I've done. But I think, hey, would you would say, if God could touch your heart and change you, 
Well, there is nothing impossible, obviously. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for your work with 40 Days for Life. Thank you for having me, and God bless you and your program and your future ministry. Thank you again. God bless you. And again, that is Dr. Haywood Robinson, the name of his book, The Scalpel and the Soul. I will add information to the podcast of this interview that you can find Haywood's book, plus all the information for the fall campaign vigil sites that are happening here in the Portland area, Salem, and of course, and in Vancouver too. You'll find that podcast link at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.